0: And I'm a big fat liar. Ryan, are you there? This is where we get to edit things right off the bat.
1: Thank you for playing along, Dries, <laughs> and for being such a good sport. <clears throat> As our heroes stood together on the prenote stage, they realized that Dries Oboichard was right. They had found their pot of gold in working together in the community they built, and the friendships they formed. And the lesson they learned is one that everyone at DrupalCon can understand. It takes every color of the rainbow to reach the pot of gold. And I believe this in 2016 more than ever. We are both the rainbow and the pot of gold here. We, the Drupal community, are a shining example of how to do things right. How to work together, share, and collaborate across borders to make a difference. Have a great week. Come to the sprints. Make a difference. Welcome to DrupalCon.
0: Wow, that was so inspirational. I want to like just keep singing that song. Um, so hey, welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number one hundred and eighty-seven. My name is Mike Anello, and um, today it's all about Bad Camp, which is coming up in about a week and a half. So, um, well, first let me mention that uh, the opening was from uh, the DrupalCon Dublin prenote. Um, you can uh, the link will be in the show notes, and you can go watch the entire prenote as well as that entire song. That was kind of the closing number. It was actually really cool. It was a giant ensemble, everyone on stage singing. It was it was kind of fun. Um, so let me get uh, everyone introduced. It looks like someone just snuck in to the podcast at the last minute. Ryan Price, how are you?
2: Hello, hello. It is all kinds of Oregon outside, meaning that it's gray and rainy. And, uh, about 10 hours drive away from San Francisco.
0: Fantastic. I found out just a couple days ago that you're actually going to be in bad camp.
2: Well, I found out just a couple of days ago that my job has a budget for me to do continuing education (laughs) so I I can go.
0: I think I just said that you're going to be in bad camp as opposed to at bad camp. Although technically it's it's a state of mind, really. It is. You'll be in the bad camp state of mind. So, hey, good to, good to uh, get you on the podcast again, Mr. Price. Um, it's uh, going to be a short one
2: today for me, but I'm sticking around as far as I can.
0: Okay, very good. Well, you'll just disappear at some point, and then we'll, we'll say goodbye after you leave, I'm sure. So, also joining us today are Bad Camp organizers, Anne Stefanik. Did, did I say it right, Anne? I'm always... It's Stefanik. Stefanik. I always want to put the nyeh, like I guess the three stupidest in there. <laughs> So welcome back. You've been on our podcast before. I think probably talking about BadCamp. Indeed. Indeed. And your, your, your day job when you're not organizing BadCamp is?
3: I own and run a agency called Canopy Studios. And we have about a team of 30 that builds Drupal sites and WordPress sites, but mostly Drupal sites. And you're based in the Bay Area, correct? Based in the Bay Area, yeah. And this is my fifth year as the lead organizer of Bad Camp, my sixth year participating. So it's like my little baby. It's my contribution back to open source.
0: So, as someone else who has been helping, you know, being one of the lead organizers of, of a camp, every year when the the time rolls around to start organizing the next one. Are you are you ever thinking about, hmm, maybe I'll take a step back this year, or, or are you still like really into it and, and want to be the ones want to be the one carrying the flag?
3: No, it definitely crosses my mind that uh, yeah. it would be something I'd like to take a step back from, but um, fortunately the community is so engaging and inspiring and it's a really great time to connect with our friends in the community. Because Bad Camp is not only just an event, it's actually a collection of people that spend time together to make it happen. We plan this almost nine, ten months of the year. So it means meeting up with your friends every Wednesday. And um, last year, when I decided to take a small step back, I felt that was actually really missing in life. That I really enjoyed hanging out with all of these Drupalistas on a Wednesday night and figuring out how to make Bad Camp better and bigger and more fun every year. So you, I'm hooked.
0: Do you, do, you, do you have the meetings in person or you do them online?
3: We do both. We actually are very fortunate to meet at Kalamuna in Oakland every um, Wednesday. And then we also have a Zoom channel for folks that can't meet in person or um, are farther away from San Francisco, but still want to contribute and participate.
0: All right. Fair enough. So also joining us, uh, Heather Rodriguez. Uh, Heather, how are you? Great, thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome, and your non Badcamp day job is?
4: I'm an engineer at Civic Actions, um, primarily a front-end web developer.
0: All right, and that's gonna come in handy in a few minutes because you are in charge of the front-end summit at Badcamp, is my understanding. So are you one of the folks that, uh, do you you also attend the meetings in person or do you uh, attend those weekly meetings online?
4: So this is actually um, it's a great story. This is my first year as an organizer of Bad Camp, and uh, I'd been a participant in Bad Camp for the last two years. Um, but I was living in Maryland. and so I happened to go to um, Bad Camp last year and started volunteering, just helping out with the store. And um, the community at Bad Camp is so great. And I was at a place in my life where I had just gotten the job at Civic Actions, which is a remote company, that I decided to actually move out here because I wanted to be closer to the community. I wanted to be uh, more involved in organizing. And so this year has been kind of a ramp up for me, trying to learn the ropes. Um, I've been sort of helping out with coordinating things like with the volunteers um, and taking on the summit. And so I hope to have, you know, maybe a more of a, an integral role and help take things off of Ann's hands next year because poor Ann has just been totally swamped, but just, you know, an awesome fearless leader. And John has been so great with the website and I know you'll talk to him next. Um, but yeah, that's my story. So what I'm hearing
0: is that you moved to the Bay Area to help organize Bad Camp because Bad Camp was so awesome. That's my takeaway. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. And uh, finally, also joining us, John Peck. John, how are you?
5: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Sure. And your day job? Uh, I'm a software architect at Four Kitchens, uh, which is a digital agency based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm physically based in uh, the Bay Area in California uh, in Castor Valley specifically. So Castor, where about. I'm
0: not familiar with Castor Valley. What? is that on the east side of the bay or west side or whereabouts is that
5: uh it's in the east bay uh it's kind of kind of zooming out uh it's close to hayward which is close to oakland which is close to okay. san francisco <laughs> all right cool
0: all right um well very good before we get into more of the details of bad camp let me first mention our sponsor which is my dot they offer drupal 6 long-term support So if you are a Drupal organization that still has a Drupal 6 site or you are a Drupal shop or freelancer that helps to maintain a Drupal 6 site, you probably want to check out MyDropWizard.com because um, what they can do is they can kind of take over the job of keeping that site up to date with security updates um, so that you don't have to, so that you can move on to start building cooler stuff in in Drupal 8. Um, They provide white-label support and maintenance um so your clients don't even have to know that you're using a um a fine reputable service uh, to uh to do that for you. They automatically uh test and deploy security updates uh, the same day that they're released and they also have a um a customer support so that they will respond to questions or concerns within 24 hours. Um, You definitely want to check it out. They're probably going to save you money than paying your own developers or or paying yourself to do this. So it's win-win pretty much. Um, You definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com slash white dash label if you're into um, you know uh, using them as a white label. You can also contact them directly at sales at mydropwizard.com and if you're curious as to how you know it all works you can go to mydropwizard.com and click on the little how it works link and it kind of talks it walks you through it doesn't really talk you through it walks you through um, getting the service set up and, and it, how exactly it works it's um it, it's pretty darn slick so definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com All right, and so like, yes. i can
2: i can personally speak also for their uh, their they have an update to the update status module for drupal 6 you that just you'll absolutely you not want to check read out the if rundown you do ryan have a drupal 6 module
0: uh, you should really read the rundown what, next time ryan you are really serious. what is it coming <laughs> What's going on? Spoiler alert. Thank you, Mr. Price. No. <laughs> no, that's actually, we'll call that a segue into our Good. news stories in a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll talk about the, that though. That's a great point. Okay, so um, let's talk about Bad Camp. So if you listen to this podcast or you've been listening for a few years, you probably already know what Bad Camp is, but there might be a few people out in small corners of, of the world or possibly new to Drupal who are wondering what the heck is bad camp because that doesn't sound very cool. It sounds rather bad. So um, and give us like the, you know, what the quick bad camp for newbies. So the Bay Area Drupal camp is
3: meant to be a free and open uh, free or a free event for people that want to come and learn more about Drupal. And it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or intermediate or advanced, there's lots of ways to contribute and participate. It's the largest Drupal camp in the world. It's about 1,600 people, and we offer two full days of free training. So every year we train about 500 people for free, as well as offer a handful of industry-focused or specific skill set focused summits such as the front end summit, the higher ed summit, and the nonprofit summit. And then we have two full days of sessions including um, all types of topics from front end development, um, project management, user experience design, and it also spans all levels from beginning beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And did I mention it's free? So yeah, that's, that's a really the, big awesome thing.
0: That's the crazy part about all of this is Everything is free. The training is free. The summits are free. The sessions are free. Um, There's not a whole lot of, I don't know if there's any, and you could probably answer this better than I can. I know there's no camps bigger, but are there camps that offer nearly as much? Because realistically, this, I don't want to say you're in competition with, with a DrupalCon, but you offer a lot of the same things that a DrupalCon does. Um, Are are there other events out there that offer similar levels of trainings and summits that, that, you know, at this price point? I I don't think there are.
3: We know that we would love to see camps be able to do that. Sometimes it's not financially available and a small ticket price really helps make sure the camp actually exists. I know that NICE Camp in New York uh, really tries to put on an event that offers free trainings and summits and sessions. It's not quite at the same scale, but I know that it's nice to know that there's someone on the East Coast that's really focusing on offering a similar type of flavor to be able to encourage people to contribute and join
4: and, in the project itself. Right. I actually right. just went to GovCon this year, and I think that the trainings there are free as well. Um, GovCon is really, I think, the rising star of camps on the East Coast, actually. Yeah, I think I agree with that.
0: It, yeah, we did. I, I actually did one of the free trainings at GovCon, and I'm doing one of the free trainings at Bad Camp this year as well. Um, and I, that's the, the, the feeling I got from talking to a lot of people at GovCon was it was, it, it was pretty much the East Coast equivalent um, definitely not in scale, though. I don't think there's nearly as, um, or maybe the, you know, it's probably in the, you know, maybe the same ballpark, but um, it's it's definitely that's what the goal is: is to get you know an East Coast version of Bad Camp, which you know is is you know as an organizer of Bad Camp, that must make you guys feel pretty pretty good that you're kind of the bar that people are striving towards.
3: Totally. And we're happy to support and help anybody who wants um, advice or, you know, direction or templates to facilitate making their camps free and awesome. John Peck has been focused on open sourcing our Bad Camp website code so people can actually use that. It's still always a work in progress and we encourage contribution to that open source project. But that's an example of where we want to help others in the community grow their, their local community by having a solid code base to work with.
5: Uh, we've also had a number of uh, unique opportunities to act kind of as ambassadors in that, uh, you know, just participating in other camps, you know, across the United States and elsewhere where uh, we can actually go and talk about our experiences organizing it. Uh, each year we have a meta session at the camp where we uh, talk about the organization. And it's usually uh, uh, like how, how we put it together, you know, what were some of our challenges and successes and, uh, you know, how we're going to move forward in the you know upcoming year. And actually uh those events are uh both good as a recruitment tool uh to get people who are interested in participating but aren't quite sure how. And also um just for uh you know disseminating information and uh uh so you know people who uh organize and participate in other camps such as Twin Cities or uh Drupal Corn or Drupal Camp Colorado can, you know, come and participate. So uh we, we look to be engaged in a number of different ways. Um And in regards to comparisons with, uh, DrupalCon in general, uh, over the past few years, and, uh, and I'm, this is, you know, purely my perspective. Um, you know, DrupalCons have been becoming a little bit more of a trade show, uh, which is appropriate in a number of ways, but, and reflects the, uh, you know, enterprise evolution of, uh, you know, Drupal. Um, and especially Drupal 8. Um, but, uh, and in other ways, uh, you know, it's, you know, you still have the same opportunities for, you know, trainings and, uh, you know, sessions and boffs and so forth, uh, Bad Camp has always been, uh, you know, focused on the community. There is absolutely a commercial aspect to it. Uh, w- we would not exist if it wasn't for the participation for sponsors. Uh, and, uh, and adds a richness that we could not have otherwise. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, we have, uh, a, a, a very large number of you know sponsors who uh, participate not only just you know by putting up a booth, um, but also uh, participate in uh, things such as the multilingual summit, for example, um, where you know it's, it, there's involvement, and I think that's one of the uh, one of the things that we really like championing is uh, community involvement, and by keeping the price. Uh, down or actually completely eliminated, and by you know, providing uh, you know both the you know summits and the trainings and uh, for and the sessions, uh, we provide many many opportunities for people who are involved in the community or looking to get involved uh, with open source and in Drupal. Uh, you know, many opportunities for success.
0: Alright, so I, I really like the way you, you talked about how DrupalCon feels more like a trade show. Um, I, I think that's, that's pretty darn accurate and a nice, um, uh, way to differentiate, um, or describe the difference between, uh, you know, a DrupalCon and, and an event like Bad Camp. Um, John, what do you, since, since, um, Anne, um, mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago, um, The BadCamp website source code is, is now open source. So tell us a little bit about that, the thinking behind that, and how other camps can take advantage of that.
5: Sure. Well, uh this is the uh, second year that I've uh, participated uh, behind the scenes at Bad Camp. Uh and uh, you know last year uh it was, you know, uh you know written in Drupal 7 uh hosted on Pantheon. This year it's the same thing. Uh, but I wanted to take kind of a different approach. Uh we we're not actually the first camp that open sources um you know our development. Uh actually I think Drupal Camp Colorado has done it before and a, and a few others. Um, but, uh, I wanted to, you know, uh, add some more transparency to the process and uh, encourage others to participate. And, uh, it's, uh, if you've. Uh, any, anybody who's done open source development knows that kind of like initial threshold of like, we're showing work and it's one thing to do, you know, say a module development in which, you know, you have a short, a small encapsulated piece of functionality. Uh, but it's like, here is everything that, you know, uh, you know, (laughs) all the warts and all, and just like, okay, um, yeah, you know, if we're trying to establish ourselves as like hey you know we're authorities in the space you know it's like uh you know there, it's kind of intimidating to like say okay well look this is how the sausage is made this is the actual source code so you can see like yeah this is kind of a cheap hack that we did uh, to get around this particular restriction where you, oh you're using that module <laughs> yeah you know, but um yeah that's um but uh you know in some ways it's a humbling experience and sometimes you just got to get out there and um so uh we actually did uh, a couple evolutions uh I started off with uh, a more kind of formal process the uh, something that we use with uh, uh you know our enterprise clients or uh which is you know having an artifact build process and um and that actually raised the bar a little bit too high uh for you know and, and actually discouraged participation because it's like okay, so you got to set up this tool and you got to make all the, you know maybe. Make all these steps uh, so we've uh, you know transitioned to basically uh, having just the artifact and open sourcing that so it's the you know the complete site route and it just you know forces us to adhere to a number of best practices using things like uh, you know features for you know actually configuring the structure of the site um, You know, storing uh, configuration and code whenever possible, uh, with the exception of uh, credentials, which we had to be really careful about not exposing. And so, uh, basically, if you wanted to spin up your own version of uh, the BadCamp website, uh, including all our administrative views um, and, uh, you know, configurations and just – see, and basically, I I wouldn't call it turnkey, but, you know, an absolutely wonderful starting place uh, in avoiding – Having to avoid reinventing the wheel, uh, you know, it's it, it's all up there, you know, assets and all.
0: So, it's, uh, so it sounds like it, it was built on Drupal seven. Any thought to building it um, in D eight?
5: Uh, yeah, uh, there were thoughts, and uh, the short version <laughs> is, um, we started this process actually pretty early on. Um, uh, so this is uh, this is basically a fork of last year's website. Uh, and we started uh, uh, I, I, we started working on this basically as soon as the last bad camp ended. So last November, I think it was, uh, October, November. And uh, yeah, I've been working on it ever since. And at the time, uh, Drupal 8 wasn't in a place where uh, we were comfortable, especially uh, using, uh, uh, using community support. Uh, and volunteer time on top of uh, everybody else's, uh, you know, uh, professional obligations, uh, to uh, start working in Drupal eight. Because at the time, it just it uh, it wasn't at a stable place. It wasn't sure. released even. Uh, so at that time, it's like we looked at that and said it's like that's too much of a moving target. Uh, if I were to start working on the site today, uh, it would ab- absolutely be in Drupal eight. So Bad yeah, Camp, it was...
0: the Badcamp 2017 website. You're committing to it right now that it's going to be in Drupal 8. <laughs>
5: yeah, uh, I'm right. I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah.
0: All right, very good. Well,
2: um, I'm looking at I'm looking at this on GitHub right now. It's actually like a very complete little development environment, including there's like a a file to help you get the coding style consistent with different editors and different users who probably all have different preferences set up on their IDE. So
5: you guys have
2: thought about I the can, collaboration aspect too, right?
5: Oh yeah, I can absolutely uh, you know, talk through that. So uh, what you're referring to, there's an editor config, which is, uh, uh, there's a website editorconfig.org. Uh, and basically it's a standard f- uh, for uh, configuring uh, any IDE or text editor, you know, to, uh, you know, here to particular standards. Uh, the Drupal, uh, Drupal 8 actually uh, includes that. Uh, and I think they've now backported it to 7, which, I mean, it's the same standard. So, and basically it just says, okay, apply the Drupal coding standards. So uh, spaces instead of tabs to, you know, two spaces at a time and a couple other, a uh, couple other tweaks like that. So uh, it's a great standard. Um, it also, uh, let's see. What else did I include there? Oh, um, it also includes uh, uh, Drupal VM, uh, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, local development environments, uh, kind of a you know standalone process. Uh, you just use Vagrant uh, to spin up a, uh, a local development environment that is configured to work with the project. Uh, it's gone through a couple of iterations. Um, I, uh, I'd have to look. Uh, it should be uh, installed via Composer now so it's uh using kind of like the best practices on that front
2: so yeah if you want listen to podcast number 172 all about drupal vm oh fantastic
0: (laughs) absolutely all right cool so let's move on um and let me come back to you really quick and i'm going to trust one of the things you're going to say is going to lead us into a nice segue to get to heather um but what's new at bad camp this year
3: What's new? So we have a lineup of, uh, we actually got everything organized really early this year. So we got a bunch of great sessions and speakers. We have a, uh, a new Friday night event, which we are doing our first time ever as we're holding a Friday night opening reception. We've had a challenge where we have two different audiences that come to Bad Camp. We have the training and the summit audience, and then we have the hardcore session goers, community folks that come on the Saturday and Sunday. So we wanted to find a way to cross-pollinate the folks and also get them intermingling with sponsors because that's a really important part is providing value for our sponsors. So we're hosting a Friday night reception that's going to be right after the trainings and the summits close up and welcoming all the folks that are coming for the weekend. So that's a new thing that's happening at Bad Camp. We also have a bunch of new trainings, of course, for Drupal 8, and we have some new trainers that are coming out for the first time, which we're really excited about. We also have new blood, which is very exciting, which includes Heather and John, which are taking on new initiatives. Heather's taking on the front-end summit, which last two years ago, we held a front-end summit. And uh, last year was uh, put into one of our larger session tracks. And this year, we're actually opening
4: it up as a summit again.
0: So what does that encompass, Heather, the sun, the front-end summit?
4: Okay, uh, so this year... Um, it will be a combination of presentations, and those will run about 30 minutes in length with some Q&A afterwards, uh, and those will be followed by, well, they'll be followed by lunch. Then there'll be um, some lightning talks so people can get up and talk for about 5 to 10 minutes on particular topics, and then at the end of the day, there should be some really vibrant panels. Um where you know we've gotten some of the you know key people involved in front end development in Drupal, uh, such as Morton and um, Chaz Chumley and Mario Hernandez and Kendall Tott and some of the big you know uh, some people to, to really start talking about um, the the primary topics that we really want to focus on this year. So when I went to put together this summit, which is the first time that I've ever had to put together a uh, programming from nine to five, by the way. So, uh, this is going to be really interesting for me, but I really wanted to focus on the things that I felt were relevant today. And also since it's the 10th year of bad camp, I thought it was really a good time to kind of retrospect as to how far we've come and where we're going. So, um, I recruited people to speak, uh, about Drupal 8, Uh, obviously that's a biggie because, you know, Drupal 8 theming is such a radical departure from Drupal 7. And now, just now, really, I feel like people are starting to get projects and starting to ramp up. And so, um, obviously a lot is geared towards Drupal 8, but then the concept of component driven design, uh, the tooling and the workflows, uh, and front end performance is a big, uh, topic at the moment. And then obviously, like I said, the future, where are we going? Are we talking about, um, you know, abandoning the theme layer for Headless, uh, Drupal, um, you know, the the rise in JavaScript framework. So this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we'll be talking at the front end summit. And I hope that your listeners will come join us.
0: So the idea of the summit is it's geared more towards conversation than presentations. Is that, is that about right?
4: Yes. Uh, So there will be some, you know, some presentations because we want to give people some structured content to digest, but we also really want to give people the chance to interact. Um, I've been to, you know, a couple of summits in the past, not necessarily just a bad camp, but um, where I feel like sometimes uh, people kind of, if it's just unstructured conversation, then people tend to run out of ideas. So I really wanted to give people a chance to kind of, um, you know, to throw out some content, you know, and then have people think about it and ask questions and engage. There will be, like I said, adequate time for QA sessions. and so. Um, but I really tried to kind of mix it up in formatting so that way, um, you know, we could accommodate a variety of topics but also a variety of skill levels um, and kind of get everybody involved.
0: So people who attend BATCamp, do they have to sign up separately for the summit or can they just show up to the summit?
4: Yes, we do have a uh, registration on our website and we'll be plugging summits actually, I think today. So stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, So it sounds like, uh, you know, and you've been, I know you've been attending bad camp for a number of years and Heather, I think you mentioned last year was your first one. Um, And John, uh, I'm assuming that you've been to a bunch of them as well. Is that about right?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I've been, uh, participating, I don't know, four or five years, but, uh, I've, uh, got involved, uh, actually, uh, so I've been a, uh, uh a global and, uh, track chair for, uh, DrupalCon, uh, for several years and, uh, realized it's like, well, I'm getting in- involved in the national level. It's like, I should get more involved in the regional level. And, uh, so I started focusing on, uh, what was happening in my own backyard and, uh, you know, bad camp was, uh, a camp that I had participated in, uh, both as an attendee and as a uh, speaker for, uh, several years. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience and, uh, the best way to, you know, contribute is to, well, do it.
0: All right. So Ryan, have you been to a, um, a camp before?
2: Not, not as such. No. Uh, I have always found it kind of, uh, expensive and time consuming to travel to the West coast for quote unquote a Drupal camp, but there's been lots of people that have been campaigning to get me to go. And now that I live on this coast, it's it's certainly easier. But uh, traveling to a Drupal camp, that's you know, you got to get on a flight, you got to do a thing. So it's it's been a challenge for me to do a lot of remote Drupal camps if I didn't have like a free place to stay or an easy way to get there. Um, and for some reason in my brain, going to a DrupalCon is different, but this camp is so big. It's five days long. It practically is a DrupalCon. Um, and, you know, I would say, you know, the quality of the trainings is probably just as good based on the people that I've seen that are giving them. Um, it's, it seems like a no brainer and yet I haven't done it yet. So, let's, so I'm, let's, I'm looking forward to it.
0: So let's go around the horn with our guests then and ask them to give, because this will be my first bad camp as well. Um, if you could only give us one tip each for attending Bad Camp and for experience Bad Camp, what, what would the one bit of bit of bit of advice that you would give us, what would that be? And we'll start with you, Anne. Wear good shoes. <laughs>
3: I know that sounds a little bit silly, but we're on campus, and there's 1,600 people that show up on campus, so we don't always have uh, our venues side by side by side, so you will do a bit of walking. It's a great way to interact with others, and there's a bunch of great restaurants. Berkeley's very walkable if you're by your hotel, so good shoes are a must, and that would be my functional set of advice, and definitely come with an open mind
4: and willing to share and contribute.
0: All right. I like that tip because you went somewhere I didn't think you'd go. So very good. Heather, how about you?
4: I would say um, that the hallway track is almost as important as the scheduled presentations. Give yourself some time to mingle with people in the sponsor hall, go to the parties, really network with people um, because I think you'll find that the community of people that go to bad camp are unlike any other camp.
0: All right, very good. And John, how about you?
5: Uh, a couple things. I mean, uh, get outside of your comfort zone. Uh, one of the nice things about this camp, and and the same as uh, you know years prior, is that uh, we attempt to record all the sessions and encourage speakers to post their notes. So if there's a particular session that you want to go to, um, you know, it's like. You can always catch it online, you know, later for free. Uh, Go to something that you're, uh, you know, take a chance uh, and you might learn something new. Also, don't drive. Uh, There's plenty of public transportation. There's a BART station, the Bay Area uh, Regional Transit. uh, So light rail station very, very close by. It's very walkable. Don't try to park on campus. It's not practical.
0: All right, very good. So let's wrap this up. Um, I want to go back to you, Anne. something we, we touched on earlier about sponsors. And you know, these days, I, I think camp organizers or Drupal event organizers in general are finding it, I don't want to say more difficult to find sponsors, but the sponsors are asking for more. They're, it, it's not enough anymore to ask someone to sponsor out of the goodness of their heart. Um, but rather sponsors want to get some sort of return. They want to you know make those, you know, get some leads or 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 make those contacts. So what's Bad Camp doing and um is, and I'm I'm looking I'm looking to Bad Camp um as kind of a, a trendsetter when it comes to this thing. You guys have you guys have done a lot of things that other camps have followed over the years. So where's where's this going? What direction is this going? How can Drupal events um, provide more return on investment for um, sponsors?
3: hmm That's a good question. Sponsorship's definitely um, a big challenge, and since we're completely reliant on sponsorship funding, we want to create the most value for our sponsors. Uh, a couple of things that we do is we offer kind of unique sponsorship opportunities The one we have one, it's just called Drupal Love. It's not actually well promoted or anything. We have our core sponsors that are kind of our top tier that host events, that sponsor food. Um, We do find that the attendees really like to eat food and, you know, be engaged. They're not necessarily looking to be marketed at. That's not necessarily how the attendees get value. So it's figuring out how to create value for the attendees and for the sponsors. So, for example, Civic Action sponsored the Massage Dome. And we have 3rd and Grove, who sponsored the pinball machines. And we have the big bad Pantheon party on Saturday night. And we have Acquia that sponsored the lunch. So it's giving these attendees value and benefits that maybe we couldn't have brought on without the additional support from some of these sponsors.
0: So We also look in... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so for something like you know, the, the Pantheon party or the Acquia lunch or um, you know, the pinball sponsorship... How, other than exposure, are the sponsors getting anything in return as far as lead generation by, by sponsoring something like that? Or is it just a very focused exposure for a particular portion of the camp?
3: We don't ever give away attendee information, and we make that very clear with the sponsors that we're not selling user data, that it's up to them to show up and engage. And we also encourage cross-promotional marketing opportunities. So, for example, Third and Grove is doing a competition for whoever has the highest pinball score. And, um, you know, folks can actually be engaged by helping sign up people um, at the Massage Dome. We found that the summits are a unique opportunity to provide very focused Um, opportunities for sponsors to actually get engaged. And at the summits, we actually discourage signage and encourage participation. So the sponsors of the summits aren't just there to put up signs for exposure. They're there to run and host the actual workshops and facilitate the conversations that are happening so they can actually have one-on-one engagements with key people in their audience, create that connection. So when they walk away from that summit, they're not standing there with a trinket or a flyer, but they've actually had a true engagement with some of their target market. So we try to find ways more of, of that um, engagement. The sponsor hall itself, we learned this from Sand Camp because we think Sand Camp's pretty awesome. They, they, provided a, they did a ring where the sponsors were on the outside and then there was a bunch of activities that were happening in the middle. So we facilitate boffs in the center of the sponsor room, you know, donuts and coffee and waffles and pinballs. And those are all actually in the sponsor hall. So it's bringing people in so that when they're having a waffle and they're kind of wandering around, they feel um, that they can chat with sponsors. And it's a much more casual environment than having you know, the sponsor hall in one area and the attendees in, in another area. It's really just trying for those cross-pollination moments. And um, we always encourage the sponsors that if they want to get involved, to show up. You know, even if you're sponsoring at a $350 level, it's going to get you a job posting on the website and, you know, still show up, you know, come and engage with the audience. And that's the best way we find to provide value is just through engagement tactics.
0: All right. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. I really like the idea uh, that you just mentioned about what Sandcamp does about putting things in the, in the sponsor hall that encourage people to show up to kind of have those natural, you know, conversations.
3: Um, Yeah, we like to make it affordable because I think that's a big thing is that everything's gotten really expensive. So Mm. um, we try to keep our sponsorships really affordable and, um, you know, helping with the sponsors. This Friday night event is a very interesting one because we have a very short time period to to set up, but we want to make sure the sponsors can have their full booths. We have like an army of volunteers ready to help the sponsors with their setup so they can be fully on their A game when the doors open and all
0: the crowds come in. Absolutely. All right, um Ryan, do you have any final questions for the Bad Camp team?
2: It's it's very interesting. You know, you guys keep talking about making the event accessible for the attendees, for the sponsors. Um, one of those is definitely the cost um that has brought been brought up several times. You know, when you go to a DrupalCon, you're paying 300-400 <coughs> US dollars for a ticket. But a lot of that is because the facility is so expensive and they have you know, the Drupal Association has paid staff, they have people that only work that week of DrupalCon or a few months leading up to it or whatever, and then they have the the obviously the association, you know, staff that puts on the event. I saw, Mike, you posted a bunch of tweets about like would you rather go to, you know, three Drupal camps or one DrupalCon? Like, I think what what's the what's the like state of affairs if the Drupal Association is scaling back its operations that the camps are going to become more important or maybe that they are more affordable but they're not as well publicized let's say by the association like is that going to change
0: Well, I think what you- it's a, it's a rhetorical question. I don't yeah. know who has the answer. Well, I think what John said earlier was, was a good point. Where DrupalCon it, it seems to be more geared towards uh, as a trade show. Um, it's you know what I see happening at DrupalCons is a lot of um, big vendors and big potential clients, and then you know I don't want to say very select, but a core group of contributors from around the world who get together to work together. But the, what's, I think what you don't see at DrupalCons these days as much as you did in the past was people who are new to Drupal or go to DrupalCon just to learn, you know, to attend, purely just attend sessions. I think those folks are going to more camps these days. And I think the DrupalCon is becoming more of just a, I don't want to say a a C and B scene event, but it, it's definitely more geared towards the industry rather than the community.
5: Well, there's always been a role of, uh, within Drupal, there's always been a role of both Drupal user groups and also of camps. Uh, And the advantage of those is they're more regional, that gives people an opportunity to have more kind of organic experiences and uh, casual experiences, which, especially for, you know, a large event, uh, you know, even looking at other, uh, you know, industry conferences such as, say, ZendCon for uh, PHP developers, you know, long standing uh, conference. That's not something that you would go to, you know, for, as a first time, but, you know, going to a user group meeting, on the other hand, you know, on a regular basis that has, you know, maybe 15, 20 people at it uh, for some of the smaller ones, or, you know, maybe you know, 50 to 100 for a larger one. Uh, you know, in, in the Bay Area, for example, uh, the... Um oh, goodness. Just keep going. <laughs> okay, so uh, in the Bay Area, we've got the uh, uh, EB Doug East Bay Drupal Users Group, and then you have SF Doug, the San Francisco Drupal Users Group. Uh, both of which vibrant communities and uh, very welcoming uh, to people who are looking for kind of a you know either uh, you know, like a monthly kind of engagement, uh, which you know going to an annual conference is never going to give you.
4: Yeah, I'd like to also say, um, as somebody who has been in the Drupal community uh, since um, I won't maybe about Denver, um, DrupalCon Denver was my first time. There was a spirit um, that was in in the DrupalCons that that just isn't there nowadays. But I don't think that the I don't think that that necessarily diminishes the purpose of DrupalCon. I think it just the audience has changed, um, and I think that camps like Bad Camp definitely are um, going to be more attractive to people like myself who are trying to, uh, you know, just engage with people on a more organic level. Um, and the spirit is still vibrant. Uh, the Drupal spirit that we all like, you know, fell in love with and became intoxicated with. And the reason why we're still doing Drupal, um, it's very much alive and well at bad camp.
0: That's a, that's a great thought to, uh, to, to wrap up the, the interview portion with. I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that's, I, there's nothing more I can say to, 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 make that any better. So that's great. Um, so let's move on real quick. Let's talk about some Drupal easy news. Uh, I do want to mention a book review. Uh, I posted on drupaleasy.com, uh, last week, I believe it's a review of Drupal eight development cookbook by, uh, Matt Gloman, who's one of the commerce guys. And um, we're actually going to have Matt on the podcast on the next uh, episode of the podcast after this one. So be on the lookout for that one. Um, over the past few months, I've in this section of the podcast, I've been mentioning the upcoming Drupal Career Online program that we offer here at Drupal Easy. Um, I do want to mention we actually sold out our fall 2016 um, class, which was the first time we've sold out a class. and i um, really happy about that and that class. I think we are just finished our third week out of 12. Um, so we are zooming along and uh, just want to say thank you. And um, if you've heard about the class and you want to check it out, by all means, go to DrupalEasy.com and click on training and you can read all about what the 12-week Drupal Career Online class is all about. And um, we'll have another one coming up uh, next spring. So, three stories. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to come right to you for the first one. Um, it's actually the second story listed in the rundown. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but it's a new module from My Drop Wizard, uh, a blog post by uh, David Snowpeck about a new Drupal 6 module. How crazy is it that we're talking about like a new Drupal 6 module that actually takes the place of the update um, manager in Drupal 6? Do I have that about yep. right? Yeah, I am uh, in a
2: situation where I have a large handful of personal websites I built on Drupal 6 back when that was all the rage. And, you know, I, I would love to have the time to test out the upgrade to Drupal 8. Um, but a lot of these sites I'm not really using that much anymore. But I want to make sure that if there are any security updates, I'm getting them. So I went and found this blog post, this exact one you linked to. Uh, it's called the My Drop Wizard module. It's on Drupal.org now, which I think the last time we talked to David, I thought it was still on GitHub. So it took me a little while to find it, but I'm glad it's in our show notes today. <laughs> uh, you basically install this, and uh, it, it will just choose new sources for where to get those security updates from, and it stops telling you that right. everything's unsupported. Um, and it starts giving you updates for a couple of key modules.
0: Yeah, and I do want to mention, you know, even though you know MyDropWizard is a sponsor, I, I, the fact that they're a sponsor has nothing to do with the fact that we're we're mentioning this as a story. I just think it's it's a cool little thing because, I, like you, Ryan, I have a couple of Drupal six sites that are just not being updated anymore, and I don't really have the time right now to upgrade them to D seven or D eight. But I do want to keep them, you know, up to date uh, uh, security-wise, and this is, you know, exactly what I need. So, um,
2: yeah, I think if this sort of a program had existed during the Drupal Five era, you know, I wonder if there wouldn't have been some companies that would have stuck with Drupal for another, you know, cycle because they were they were got into that Drupal Five era and they just didn't have the the budget, let's say, to upgrade to Drupal Seven, which if I can remember, upgrading Drupal 7 was kind of expensive at the time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of updates and everything. And, you know, Drupal 8, we're still in the land where, like, well, there's a lot of modules that are available. There are a lot that have been rebuilt. But if you think back to Drupal 6, like, there's a lot of things that uh, just don't exist that used to in Drupal 6,
0: right? Right, that, that we don't want anymore, that you shouldn't have.
2: <laughs> right.
0: All right, um, next story. It was a Drupal security advisory um, and a rare one for Drupal Core that didn't actually include an update. It was more of just a reminder. I, that's kind of the way I read it. Um, to remind people that if you allow anonymous or untrusted users the ability to upload files through, um, you know, to your public file system, that could actually, you know, be a pretty significant security um, issue. Um, so the, the, the DA, I'm sorry, not the DA, the security team has been seeing a number of uh, security issues um, based on this fact that, you know, sites have had um, uh, given anonymous users the ability to upload files. And, you know, think about what could happen. A, you know, a hacker, someone could come in and upload a file to your public files directory and then link directly to that file for whatever nefarious, you know, purpose they want. Um, so it's a, it, there's nothing to download, there's nothing to update Drupal Core with, but it's good to be aware and to check out that security uh, advisory. So the link will be in the show notes. And finally, um, we had Mark Carver on the podcast, I think it was maybe even last episode, And he mentioned briefly, we talked about a lot of things with Mark that day. Um, And one of the things he mentioned or we talked about was Dreaditor and the fact that Dreaditor was moving from being a browser extension to, um, you know, code that actually lived on Drupal.org. So you didn't actually need a browser extension to get all the Dreaditor functionality. Um, Well, there's actually a, it's not released yet, but there's actually a demo for it and a demo site um, I checked it out. It's really cool. It's obviously not done yet, um, but I did want to mention it and link to it um, as one of our three stories today. Uh, the, it's an issue on Drupal.org. The title of the issue is Implement User Enhancements on Drupal.org and Port Dreaditor Features. Um, by all means, if you're interested in Dreaditor or just curious as to kind of what the future um, holds as far as Dreaditor is concerned, check out that issue and somewhere near, you know, the lower third of the comments, there's information about checking it out on one of the Drupal.org dev sites. I'm um, really, really slick stuff. I don't know. Has anyone else had a chance to play with that? No. Then you just have to trust me that it's really slick <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. Picks of the week. Let's go. I see Heather still typing. So I'm going to put her on the spot and say, stop typing Heather and start <laughs> talking.
4: <laughs> All right. Um, so a colleague of mine actually at Civic Actions has been working on this really cool module for Drupal 7 um, called Hook Deploy Update Tools. And basically uh, what he's doing is creating a, a platform for you to uh, put your de- like configuration tasks and deployment tasks in these update hooks. So things like you know if you uh, need certain modules enabled or if you need features to be reverted um, so that you can kind of get Basically, anytime you deploy your code to a different environment, whether it's your sandbox, your dev, your test, or your prod, everything is always the same. Um, so that's something, obviously, we don't need in D8, but it's a really cool tool for D7.
0: So how does that work? Do you, does it have a UI, or are you specifying what those tasks are in update hooks yourself? And then it's just... So, so when you push to a particular environment, it sniffs out that environment and runs the appropriate hooks?
4: It um, so the way that it works is that there's an install file. It's it does not have a UI. So this is definitely kind of more of an advanced tool at the moment. Uh, I'm sure he would love help uh, getting a UI together. But basically, there's an install file where you run a number of functions, and so you have to call you know that you want to um, you know revert a feature or um, you know add. Uh, add a new module or disable a module or remove a module. Um, so yeah, that's, All right. it's, it's All right. I, I also kind of feel the same way. Like I'm like, Oh, where's the UI? It's not pretty, but um, it's been really helpful in, in certain projects and just making sure that every environment stays exactly the same. Cool. Cool. Cool.
0: All right. Let me sneak my pick of the weekend here next. Mine is a module called classy paragraphs. And since everyone is all excited about the paragraphs module the last few months, this is actually an add-on to the paragraphs module. Um, Think of it as block class, but for paragraphs. So if you remember the block class module, all that did was give you a new text field on your block configuration page, where you can type in some CSS class names or some HTML class names, I guess I should say. Um, Classy paragraphs does the same thing, but for paragraphs. So if you want to add some custom classes to each of your paragraphs, you can do so with this module. Uh, nice and easy works in D seven
5: and D eight, I believe. And John, how about you? Uh, I'd like to uh, plug Aquifer for Drupal, which is available at Aquifer, AQUIFER.io. It's a command line interface that makes it easy to scaffold, build, test, and deploy your Drupal websites. Uh, it's written in Node.js, uh, very fast and easy to use. Um, I would uh, absolutely take a look at it if you're interested in uh, spinning up uh, Drupal seven and also Drupal eight sites. But uh, which uh, there's uh, with the with the use of Composer, it's not as useful in the uh, uh, in the day to day builds for a Drupal eight site. But for Drupal seven, it's uh, you know it's a fantastic utility. Um, But yeah, it's uh, check it out at aquifer.io.
0: And this is this is um, a product that Four Kitchens.
5: Um, this is a Four Kitchens product, correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, four Kitchens okay. is uh, provides the bulk of the development uh, effort, but actually uh, there's a number of community members and oh, uh, four kitchen alumni who uh, continue to, uh, uh, who continue to contribute to it. But yeah, we, uh, we absolutely dog food and, uh, and use it on a regular basis across most of our projects.
0: So this is not a hosted service. This is something that you would use on your own um, servers.
5: Uh, yeah, well, this is something it's, uh, there's a number of use cases, uh, for example, uh, you can use it both locally, um, you know, for, uh, executing builds and also, uh, using it in conjunction with, uh, a CI service like Travel, Travis CI or circle CI and, uh, you know, use it to generate an artifact that is then deployed to a hosted service such as Pantheon or Acquia. Oh, okay.
0: All right. Very Cool. And finally, Ryan, your pick of the week is my favorite because your pick of the week is pretty much um, another episode of our podcast. So it's very meta.
2: <laughs> well. Uh, after I heard this episode, uh, or was I even on it? I don't even remember anymore. Um, I was definitely interested. Uh, I I self-host a lot of those websites that I built myself. Um, those Drupal six sites.
0: That, those Drupal six sites that, that you're not maintaining That's anymore. The Drupal 6 sites? Yeah, some of them are Drupal 6
2: sites that I'm not maintaining. (laughs) Uh, Some of them are Drupal 7 sites. And uh, a couple of new Drupal 8 sites that I've been playing around with. And uh, they're on various virtual machines that are on various versions of Ubuntu or Debian. And just this idea that I could just get like one server with all of the RAM and push a button and deploy a site and push another button and... Get the drush updates for it, and kind of know that the file system settings were done in somewhat of a sensible way, and not whatever way I remember to do at that time. And uh, yeah, so having this all be sort of like on one standard tool um, sounded really good. So I'm playing around with that for my my personal projects and. Uh, what else do I have to say about it? We did a really great podcast with uh, yeah. the creator, maintainer, I guess, of Open Dev Shop. Um, it's a thing you take an empty Linux server and you run this command. It installs Ansible. It installs the web host of your choice, whether that's Apache or Nginx, installs the database, and kind of sets everything up, it sets up a user called Ager, and then it uses the Ager tool to actually install. And maintain the Drupal sites. One thing I've been trying to figure out with it so far is, if I've got an existing site, what's the best way to get the database there? Um, I'm sure there are all kinds of ways you could set up to, to personalize it however you want. But like, you know, if you're if you're me and you don't know how to mm-hmm. use this thing yet, like, what's what's the easiest path to get there? Uh, so that's something I've been playing around with that and and the file system. You know, getting the files synced over because you don't want to store the files in your Git repository, but the entire thing is completely linked to Git, so when you make a commit, you can either have it fire a commit hook that will tell Eager to rebuild the site for you, or you can have it pull every five minutes and check and see if there's been an update to the repository, or you can do it manually if you would rather. And You can have different branches, and each branch can be a different environment, so I think they call it multi-dev on Pantheon, where you've got you know the live branch, the dev branch, the feature branch, whatever it happens to be. You can spin up an infinite number of sites as long as you have one site with a wildcard subdomain on it. Uh, that's that's pretty much all you need is you know a cheap server and one one domain name and you're good to go.
0: All right, super. Um, yeah, I know Ted is a big fan of Open dev Shop as well. I'm pretty sure it didn't I think Ted led that podcast episode the one that you're referring to. Um, so just for the record, I did ask Anne if she wanted to do a pick of the week, but she just kept on repeating bad camp over and over again. So I'm pretty sure Anne's pick of the week is going to be bad camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. and, and bad camp is happening when? Have we Did we even say when it's happening?
3: It starts next Thursday. So it's October 20th through 23rd, and yes. it's at UC Berkeley. So it's on campus. It's just outside of San Francisco, across the bay in Berkeley.
0: I think my flight is landing about this time next week in I think I'm flying oh, to San Jose actually. But yeah, so looking forward to that.
3: Um, very excited to have you for our first time. That's yeah, great. I know. I was, uh I, first was time.
0: uh I was uh beaten into coming by David eatings. So Yes, he, wonderful. Uh, he was very, very uh um persistent and uh yeah, nice. Didn't actually take too much arm twisting, but Something I've always wanted to do, so looking forward to it. Uh, I do also want to mention as we're talking about upcoming events. Uh, Florida Drupal Camp uh, is uh, the website is now live. It takes place February seventeenth through nineteenth uh, in the year of twenty seventeen. A absolute absolutely beautiful time to be in Florida, especially if you live somewhere where the weather is not so nice as it can be. Um, We have uh, three featured speakers, as we do every year. We've announced two of them so far. Um, Helena Zubkow from Lullabot, who is an accessibility expert, will be giving a double-length, hands-on session all about web accessibility, which we're super excited about. Um, Actually, earlier today, we announced our second featured speaker, uh, the executive director of the Drupal Association, Megan uh, Sanaki, is going to be our uh, featured speaker as well. And we'll be announcing one more featured speaker in the next couple of weeks. We would like to kind of tease that information out. Um, sponsorships are still available, um, including the top-level sponsorship we have not sold yet. Um, I will mention that if you do purchase the top-level sponsorship, um, you'll probably be mentioned on the Drupal Easy podcast between now and February. So that's uh, one of the added uh, added benefits. Um, it's a great community-run um, event in, um, in Central Florida. Bring the family, go to Universal and Disney for a few days, hang out with us at the camp. Um, trainings all day, free trainings all day on Friday. I'm not sure where we got that idea, but it's a really good one. Um, sessions on Saturday and Sunday uh, with uh, some social events uh, along the way as well. So check that out at fldrupal.camp. All right, so where can we find... We'll start with you, John. Where can we find you online?
5: I can be found as FluxSauce on GitHub and Twitter and all sorts of different places. Okay, Drupal.org as well? Uh, absolutely.
0: Okay, very good. And Heather?
4: I'm H. Rodrigue, uh, you know, very creative given my last name, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, H-R-O-D-R-I-G, and I'm usually on the Twitters. On
0: the Twitters, okay. And Anne? Where can we find you?
3: You can find me on Twitter at EskimoYogi. On Drupal.org is Annabella. And my website is CanopyStudios.com. Fantastic. I'm a treehouse fanatic, so that's where that comes from.
0: There you go. And um, uh, Mr. Price.
2: Yes, I am a what liberator. You are with you the- eating
0: or are you drinking? What were you doing? What did we catch you doing? <laughs>
2: I just have the microphone on mute as a general practice. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I am liberator. Uh, Drop the last vowel. And that's pretty much everywhere. Also, I just recently recorded a podcast with uh, my best friend, Darren, uh, talking about organizing communities. And he actually has created down in Florida a sort of open source private school model that he has got two locations of right now and is looking for other people, obviously easier for people in the state of Florida, if they're interested in something like that. Um, But it's less of a commercial for his, his venture and more just talking about how communities organize and what are some of the advantages and what things can we steal from other places in the world to uh, make our community organizing better. And Heather, I'm looking at your Twitter page, and there's a giant great white shark on it, and it's a little distracting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, uh, be beware if you have, uh, you know, shark phobia. I don't know what that's called, but <laughs> Heather's Twitter banner is this giant shark.
4: I, I'm glad that this podcast comes with trigger warnings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so that's going to be posted on yellowhouse.com. That's, that's, that's what I was getting at. And also on my YouTube account, which is Liberator, we have a, we did it live to video, which is the first time I've ever done a podcast live to video like that. So uh, experimentation is going on in the podcast space. You can podcast for 10-plus years, and you can still try something new.
0: All right, very good. Um, as always, you can find DrupalEasy at com and on Twitter at DrupalEasy. And I am Ultimike, pretty much everywhere. So five questions. Um, we did a little rock paper or virtual rock paper scissors earlier and decided that John is going to be the subject uh, or the focus of the five questions. So John, don't think too hard about these, uh, these answers. Just kind of give us what comes off the top of your brain. Name something interesting that you do outside of Drupal.
5: Uh, I play synthesizer in a progressive rock band called Imager.
0: Oh my goodness. This is, this is where we really need Andrew on the call, because I think Andrew would eat that up. Uh, synthesizer for a band. A progressive Rock, you said? Yeah,
5: Progressive Rock Band.
0: And what's the name of the band?
5: Imager. Uh, I-M-A-G-E-R. Okay. Uh, not to be confused with the image hosting service, which uh, we were first.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask if it's spelled the same way, so I'm glad you spelled it out. <laughs> Very good. What's the last piece of software that you installed? And it can be something on your uh, phone or computer or anywhere.
5: Uh, it's uh, actually uh, Doku Wiki, which is a uh, you know PHP wiki um, that uh, I've been using for documentation of an interactive fiction game called Hadian Lands. Um, and I found that uh, I've used MediaWiki previously, and uh, it was like looking for something that was a little bit more lightweight and uh, easier to configure for a small project, and very happy with it. So oh. doku wiki.
0: And what was the game that you mentioned that that you use it for?
5: Uh, Hadian Lands. Uh, it's an interactive fiction game. So uh, terminal based. Uh, it's all descriptions. Uh, you, you say you know walk. You know mm-hmm. say west. Pick up. You know pick up the uh, pick up the panel. Use the uh, use the spell to hey, make I've, things happen.
0: I played Zork. I know exactly where you are.
5: That's exactly yeah. it.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling, have you ever met Andrew Riley, one of our co-hosts? I haven't. I think you and him would get along just fine, based on these first two answers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to it. What's a goal that you have not yet accomplished, but one that is terrifying?
5: Uh, I'd like to do a bike in a basket, as in uh, I've ridden motorcycle for a number of years, and uh, but I've never built one from the ground up. I'm very familiar with uh, programming and engineering, but know very little about uh, me- mechanical engineering. And uh, yeah, I'd like to, you know, go on Craigslist and get some motorcycle parts and make something that can move myself. <laughs> Why do they call it bike in a basket? uh because it's literal uh because you can get them literally in a basket it's just like here's a bunch of parts someone else tried and oh, gave okay. up and and so it's you know the implication is that right. it's um yeah you know, like legos exact all right very good what's the last
0: exotic animal that you've hand
5: fed uh i don't have uh I haven't done that in a while, but my daughter has. Uh, she's uh, my daughter, Genevieve, is about twenty months old, and uh, recently she uh, met some llamas and sheep and uh, pigs at a, uh, up in Tilden Park in uh, in the Bay Area. All
0: right, we'll so go. With she llamas.
5: had a she had a blast. <laughs> Fantastic!
0: And what was your tipping point Drupal moment? And if you need more explanation, let me know. But I think you probably know what I mean by that.
5: Um, it was, uh, participating in the Western New York, uh, Drupal camp. Uh, this is a few years ago and, uh, you know, it was a combination, just exposure to, uh, a community. I, uh, that, uh, I was, uh, I, I was communicating with, uh, remotely, but it was actually getting to meet people in real life who are, you know, participating in Drupal. Uh, I presented, uh, that got me, uh, that got me a number of gigs and, uh, including, uh, got my foot in the door at lynda.com where I've uh, done over a dozen trainings and, uh, training courses. And also, uh, uh got me some freelance work with, uh, my planet digital out of, uh, Toronto.
0: So that is, um, so you must know John, uh, I always forget how to say it. it's Weisner. Uh, Weissner. Is that how you say his last name?
5: Uh, close it? enough, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic guy. You yeah. We've uh, had a main, lot of conversations. Yeah, isn't he one of the, he's one of the main organizers of
0: the Western New York uh, user group up there.
5: Yep, uh, and also uh, knows a fantastic amount about synthesizers as well. <laughs> All
0: right, fantastic. All right, well, cool. Let's um, let's get things wrapped up here then real quick. Our last sponsor is webenabled.com and devpanel.com. I actually just heard from the folks at Web Enabled and DevPanel. And they're working on a brand new big release for devpanel.com. Um, so we'll have some more information about that when that happens. But if you are looking for uh, simple, straightforward um, uh, Drupal hosting, being able to set up a development environment, SSHing into the server, and doing whatever you need to do, definitely check out WebEnabled.com. If you'd like to hear other episodes of the podcast, you know, search for Drupal Easy on pretty much any podcast catcher or you can go right to DrupalEasy.com slash podcast. If you're interested in checking out what we might be talking about on the next podcast, you can um, participate with us on Reddit and in the Drupal Easy podcast subreddit. And as I mentioned earlier, our uh, next podcast will feature uh, Matt Guaman from Commerce Guys, and we'll be talking about Drupal Commerce as well as his his new book. So you can um, uh, check all of that out. Um, so I do want to say thank you very much to Ann, Heather, and John for taking the time out. I know you guys are probably super busy right now um, and looking forward to you know maybe about a week and a half from now once you're past bad camp and can kind of take a breath. But... Uh, let me maybe be the first one to say thanks for all your effort with uh, Bad Camp this year. I'm actually super excited to see uh, to, to well to meet Heather and John. I don't think I've met either of you, and it'd be good to see you again and to experience Bad Camp for the first time. And Ryan, I haven't seen you in well, once I th- probably saw you what? When's the last time? Maybe in, in New Orleans, right? I would
2: say it's probably Drupal Camp or DrupalCon. Yeah, really. New Orleans,
0: right? For year for the for DrupalCon slash Ryan's bachelor party. It's true. That's true. All right. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. And we will see you on the next Drupal Easy podcast.
4: See ya. Thanks Thanks for 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 having us on. I really
5: appreciate it. Thank
4: you.